This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Hey guys, it's Ked. It's Saturday, September 29th. Uh, this is a huge podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to release this one. Uh, Saturday night into Sunday, and then Hal and I are going to break down our normal podcast, uh, and we'll release that a little earlier this week. Maybe I do it Sunday to Monday, who knows? But uh, this podcast is for Rangers fans out there. Ron Duguay came on, and uh, we had a great conversation. We broke down the entire you know Rangers uh, lines and who got cut and what it's going to be like this year. So uh, yeah, so let's just hop right into it. Big shout out to Ron Duguay. Hopefully you guys like this. Tell all your uh, friends and subscribe, review, rate, whatever you got to do. All right. All right, guys. Now uh, this this is arguably... I don't know. This is an all-time moment for me being a Rangers fan. Started watching the Rangers in 94. Uh, and I don't know. This is huge. So now joining the podcast is Ron Duguay, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with, with, the, with the best hair and suits in the league. Suck it, Don Cherry. Uh, Ron Duguay is in here. He's going to talk about the Rangers with us. Ron, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm uh, relaxing before a busy week coming up in New York. I'm in Florida, my home here. This is my home base. Okay. Living the dream. I'm like like you and the rest of you, excited for the season to get started. Yeah, absolutely. And and before we kind of go into the Rangers, I kind of just want to bring this up. So you, you were with MSG for 12 years. Uh, one one of my favorite parts of the of the uh, of the games is when we go to intermission and, and we could hear uh, kind of like a, a fresh voice because I feel like everybody just kind of you know you can't really get too hard on the team, but I feel like you, you and uh, Maloney are always very fair, whatever's going on. So I always appreciated that, but you're not coming back to MSG this year. Uh, what ended up happening there? If you don't mind me asking. Um, well, thank you. Yes. It's been 12 years and uh, I kind of grew into it, uh, as far as knowing, uh, my voice and, and being who I am, my personality, bringing my style without, uh, trying to be someone else, mm-hmm. not trying to be Don Cherry, just me being me. And I kind of, you know, I, I like to think that the first couple of years, uh, the job is a lot harder than people think because it's live TV. 
and you have to put your words together according to a format. And sometimes it just doesn't all come out the way you want it to. There's a process to it. It's, it's a lot harder than you think. So I got very comfortable doing it. I thought I, I had a, um, a nice fan base with my followers because the response has always been somewhat like what you're sharing with me right now. Your appreciation for me just being honest and just being me. I'm, I'm very much old school because I am a little bit older. You compare me and Dave Maloney, where we're on the same team going through that same time, and uh, we kind of think the game the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of, I kind of give it to you more in layman's term. I, I, I try not to overcomplicate the game, and uh, so I've always gotten whenever I run into fans and and on the streets or if I'm doing a fan fest or whatever, people are always very kind to me and they appreciate my way. Unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I, um, the, those who in charge at MSG, uh, based on what I've been told, which was very little, they're telling me that, uh, they're going in a different direction, meaning they want a different voice, a different style, a different something. So I'm not welcome back. Uh, my contract was due, um, and they didn't renew it. So that's all I've gotten from them is that they want to do something different. And, um, I don't want to get into it too much. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm disappointed, but I'm not bitter. I'm just really happy to have gotten the 12 years. It's been awesome to be the one of the faces and the voice of the Rangers. I mean, there are times I would sit there at the desk just before going live, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, <laughs> I'm actually the guy. Mm-hmm. And, and at the beginning, it was, it was a little overwhelming for me to think that here I am. I'm the person representing the New York Rangers and giving my voice to it, so it was incredible. And but now I, you know, I've gotten very comfortable with it, and I have friends with there, and I, I love working with Bill and Al and Steve and my producer Paula. And so we were a team, and Dave Maloney, of course, uh, we were a team. And so when, when it, I guess it's similar to when you're on a team and you get traded to a, a place where you you don't want to leave the team. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it's disappointing, but I'm not bitter. Uh, I understand, like in the any uh, team, coaches, managers, you'll have a coach and you'll have a manager that just doesn't believe in you yeah. for whatever reason. You have someone else who likes you. So you get traded and you move on. So I guess it's similar. He doesn't think that I, I bring value to the network because the way the network wins is by ratings, right? Mm-hmm. So you're producing a show. You're putting a show together according to what you think the viewers want and more viewers want. That way they stay tuned. They watch. And so they believe that I'm I'm not good enough for that. That's the only answer I can come up with. Otherwise, why would you do it, right? So um, I'm not bitter. I'm just moving on. The good thing is I'll be able to spend more time alive at games with uh, with the fans because the Rangers are happy on the other side because they get to use me a little bit more. Yeah. No, and, and it's, it's wild that you were there for 12 years. You know what I mean? Like time absolutely flies. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit, man, 12 years? I, I – didn't even really realize it. I uh, just wanted to say before we kind of get into the Rangers, thanks for everything that you did. It was it was refreshing to hear somebody say what they were thinking instead of like, I want to call it an agenda, but I feel like most of the time on on uh, broadcasts and stuff like that, like I feel like you're supposed to be positive. And over the last couple years, the Rangers, there really wasn't too much to be positive about. And, and it was kind of nice hearing a voice that was very similar to a lot of the fans who who weren't, you know, so gung-ho about what was going on and, and things needed to be said. So I just I want to say I appreciate your honesty. 
and all that stuff throughout the uh, last couple of years. And I mean, I'm going to miss you on TV, but you're on fucking Duguay, dude. You'll, you'll live forever. You'll, you'll find out whatever you need to do. So, uh, thank you. I sense this was coming, so I've gotten involved in a, in a school project, which is, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but I myself, Stefan Mateau, and Colt Noor, oh, we're legend. going to in the Bronx, and we're going, we're mentoring to young kids, we're going to classrooms, and we're going to talk to them about uh, leadership qualities and their legacy, and it's called Leadership Legacy Program in the Bronx, and so I started that at the end of last season, because I sense that something wasn't right when, when the when the executive producer starts to micromanage my clothing, then I do, okay, now I know there's a problem. Yeah. When you tell me what jackets to wear, I figured, okay, now there's a problem. Yeah. And gotten into uh, uh, this other project that's going to have me in New York quite a bit. And so I'm looking forward to that, uh, spending time with kids. And then, of course, being at the garden quite a bit. And um, the other thing I'm looking into is I would like to um, – Put together my own post game show Ooh. at a with a live audience and a sports uh, club, sports restaurant per se in Manhattan, close to the Garden. That's what I'm looking into now. That would be awesome. Myself and maybe someone else have some guests on, uh, talk to talk to fans. Maybe right after a Ranger game, come people can come in and 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 be part of the show. So I'm looking into that now. And uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, uh, is I think it's I love the idea. We just I just have, it has to be done right. Yeah. I I'm gonna probably talk to Sirius Radio, see if they want to be part of it. So stay tuned. Hopefully, oh, I yeah. I put something together like that. Yeah. When that happens, you better let me know because I'll be the first one there. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um. But okay. We're we're past that. Now we're gonna get into the nitty gritty. We're gonna get into the New York Rangers. Uh, before we get into forwards, D and goalie, I, I just kind of want to get your thoughts. In my opinion, the most important move that the Rangers made this season was getting rid of Lavignon like two or three hours after the Philadelphia Flyers game, and they bring in this guy, Coach Quinn. Uh, he wants to be fast, physical, relentless. We've, we've already kind of seen his style of play when Boo Neves got hurt, and, and they asked him about uh, retaliation, and he wasn't too thrilled with the way the the players acted on the ice, and then the, through the course of the next two games, you, it was it was pretty uh, pretty clear that he want he doesn't really want to be pushed around. I, I think this is going to be the first year in a while where Henrik Lundqvist's crease is going to be cleared out a little bit. So, uh, what are what are your first impressions on Coach Quinn? Uh, do you think this is a huge move for the Rangers? Do you think this is the most important thing that they've done? What do you have on Coach Quinn? Well, let, let's back up and um, and talk about Coach Vigneault. Okay. Uh, I think Coach Quinn touched on this. They asked him about the past, and, and they asked him about the present moving forward. He said he had nothing but good things to say about Coach Vigneault because he understands the coaching business is difficult, and every coach has a different style, different technique, and part of it is according to the type of players you have, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you look back at Coach Le Vigneault's record, um, I think you know, you, when you look at how the team played, because you can always tell what a team's like, the character of the team and what the coach is like, according to how they win and lose in playoffs. And when you look at a lot of playoff games that we saw where, where the Rangers had to come back, they had to come back, they had to show character, mm -hmm. and they had to show technique. And, I, and we saw a lot of that. And so he, there's things that I would have done differently as far as the character of the team like you just touched, touched upon, 
which I would have gone a little bit more physical because he likes to play a quick game, whistle to whistle, no interruptions, no pushing and shoving. Let's just keep playing on fast, and we want to win that way. And it was kind of carried over from what he did in Vancouver. It was that type of style that he wanted to play, which is kind of puzzling to me because he wasn't that type of player when he played. He was a physical guy. So anyways, that was his technique. And as far as his coaching ways, he was not a more of a hands-on type of guy. He relied on his assistant coaches, which some head coaches do that. They rely more on assistant coaches in practice to run a good practice and be more teachers of the game. Mm-hmm. He was more like a supervisor, a head coach, and just kind of made decisions. That's his style. And I think for the most part, it worked. Now, moving forward, uh, management felt like we're going with younger players. We're going to need someone who's more hands-on, more of a teacher. And that's what t- Coach Quinn is. So I had my problems with Coach Vignon, but at the end of the day, we saw a lot of playoff games, yep. and we almost won a Stanley Cup. So you got to give him credit for that. Coach Quinn, I like this guy because of his um, demeanor, his teaching ways, and his uh, – um, is uh, outlook on how the game should be played, which is a lot of what other coaches are doing. We're playing at a fast pace, move the puck, be relentless, but also we're going to be physical. Mm-hmm. We're going to finish our checks, and we're not going to be easy to play against. That was part of the issue with the past Rangers. Big time. You know, ask players on other teams, they would say, love playing against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, we're going to have a nice, fast game. They're not intimidating. We're going to play a nice, fast game. Things are going to change a little bit now with the Rangers. It's not like it comes in pieces right now. The Adam McQuaid is out there, and he's going to make a big difference in front of that net. Mm -hmm. McLeod is going to be out there. They're keeping him part of this team. And he, he knows now that he has to open up a little bit more, be a little more physical, and be challenging a little bit more, which we've seen in the in the uh, exhibition games where you can tell he's looking to be more, more open about being physical, where I think he was probably pulled back some, yeah. afraid of taking a penalty, that sort of thing. So, yeah, the direction that this team is going with this new coach, I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say with this coach, I believe, and with management, that the Rangers are going to see a Stanley Cup. Okay. I, All right. I like hearing but, that. It'd be three years from now, but I believe with this coach and this management team, we are going to see another Stanley Cup. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. Um, I think I think you absolutely nailed it on the head with with, uh, uh, with everybody kind of going into the guard and be like, oh, we get to play the Rangers. And and if you look at against the other teams in the, in the league right now, I think I mean clearly there's not nearly enough skill like to battle the likes of the Penguins or, uh, I don't know, even the Bruins and Maple Leafs, stuff like that. But I think you nailed it when you said at least they're going to be a hard team to play against. Like, they're, they're going to make other teams have to go out there and earn it instead of just kind of going in the fast-paced game. And that's something I really like to see. Uh, now we're going to kind of get into the forwards. The Rangers, the Rangers made their last cuts, and I think the big one that uh, we saw is Leas Henderson's being sent down to Hartford. There's a whole lot of stuff going around in the media right now, people calling him a bust, people being pissed off that they're calling him a bust. Uh, what do you what do you have on Lee Anderson going down to Hartford? I, I'm kind of all for it. I think it it was it was he's either going to play eight to twelve minutes of fourth line hockey, or he's going to go down to the AHL where he can continue to develop his skill and get twenty minutes a night. So, are are you good with Leas going down to uh to the Wolfpack? Yeah, that's, that's the simple answer. 
just let him go down and get a ton of ice time, continue working on a lot of it is for him, he lacks a little bit of foot speed mm-hmm. and he can get, he needs to be a little bit stronger and, uh, and to put him on the fourth line and to just kind of sit there and not gain a whole lot of confidence. Uh, he needs to, he, he needs a ton of ice time. He's going to be a guy that, uh, you know, there's going to be injuries. He'll be, he'll probably be the first guy called up. And so I have no problems with this at all whatsoever. Uh, I would have been, I, I would have been fine with him either way because I like he's a hard he's a hard nosed little guy. He works hard, and but he just he lacks a little bit of strength. He lacks a little bit of speed. Yeah, and I mean he's not even twenty years old yet. And I think if if you're picking somebody seventh overall, I don't think the ceiling you want for that player is to be a fourth line center. I think I think you nailed it again. I think the fact that he's going to be playing all these minutes in Hartford. Hopefully, get a little bit stronger. Uh, I think his foot speed. Do you think it's improved? I think it's improved a little bit. He had that one uh, breakaway shorthanded goal against the Devils, where he kind of uses wheels a little bit more than what I think we're accustomed to seeing. But uh, wh- where do, where do you see the ceiling on this guy? Like when everything pans out, where do you see Elias Anderson? Well, a lot of it will depend on on his foot speed. Mm-hmm. If he can get a little bit quicker, uh, yes, he's quicker this year. Got a little bit stronger, but there's uh, there's only so much you can do within three months. Yeah, right in the off. There's only so much you can do, and um, and so uh, I mean I, you know, as a centerman, he's n- he's not like a power forward, but he's a very clever player. That's uh, that uh, that not a, he doesn't look in, like he gets intimidated. He's okay with going hard to the net, and so um, yeah, he, he's once he gets more strength and a little bit stronger on the puck. You know, he's going to be your, I think he could be your 20, 25 goal scorer. I don't see much more than that, mm-hmm. but he can, he can be a third, fourth line sentiment. Okay. I mean, a third, second or third line sentiment. And I, a, yeah, and that's not, that's not bad either. I mean, seventh overall, I think you would kind of want a little bit more, but at the same time, I th- they talk about his character and how he hates losing. Like when he threw the uh, silver medal in the stands, a lot of people were upset about that. I loved it. I think that just kind of showed a kid that, that doesn't tolerate finishing in second. I thought that was awesome. I was really pumped when I saw that. And if he ends up being a second-line player, good. and he's, he's Swedish, so you know all the Swedish guys can play both sides of the game. Uh, I, I'm good with it. I, I, I'm a big fan of his, and hopefully at some point in the future we're going to see him up here and he'll be proving everybody wrong. Yeah, I don't see him as a first-line centerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... He can be a second or third line sentiment, like you said, a guy that's very reliable that can play both ends of the ice. Yeah, awesome. All right, so that that was that was our latest breakdown. Now we're going to kind of go over the forward lines that were uh, just kind of put out. Uh, the first one's really not that shocking. Kreider, Zabinajad, wow, and Buchnevich. Uh, this is going to be kind of, I guess, the Rangers' first line here moving forward. You saw a little bit of it last year when they were put together when, when AV was, was good with Buchnevich. Now they're going to be there. Uh, what do you have on this line? I, I think Buchnevich, I think, is going to have a killer year, man. I think for the first time, he's not really too afraid to make mistakes. Chris Kreider, I think, is going to be able to play the game with an edge, and I think when he plays the game with an edge, he's a completely different player. And then if Zbigniew stays healthy, man, that guy can wheel and deal. What, what do you have on this line? Well, the key is is the, is the middle guy, this Zbigniew. Yeah. What what have we seen different with him this year? I think finally the guy's gotten in shape. Yeah. I mean, he would just—he showed up uh, in shape, but not in great shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can just see with his body type. If you were to see him coming out of the shower, which I have, he was not a real fit guy. And so I think this year he committed to being stronger, and you can see it in his footwork. And because of that, 
I think that he's going to make that line go. He's going to be more consistent on being stronger on every ship uh, in every game. And um, uh, he's, I think he's, he's having a little more mature outlook on the game because he's realizing he's going into his uh, mature seasons where he should be producing a lot more. And he's at the forefront of being a guy that's uh, required to – uh, to be a leader on a team. So I think the first step, the most important step he did is this, this summer he committed to being in great shape. It's not just showing up and relying on your skills. It's showing up and being in great shape, and that's going to make a difference. And there's chemistry between him and Kreider. And uh, Busnevich, he's, uh, um, he's um, when you talk about a hockey IQ, he's got good hockey IQ being at the right place at the right time. And when you do that and you get opportunities, he's the type of guy that can finish. So he can finish on plays and just knowing how to move around the ice and knowing that they're using him in a, an important position, which is, should be, it may be that top line. So, um, and he's a kid, we see him drop the gloves. So <laughs> he's not afraid, he'll compete. And that should be a really good line. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Moving on, second line. Uh, Zuccarello was hurt. He, he was on a maintenance day or something along those lines, but I'm pretty sure he's going to fill in here. Uh, Zuccarello, Hayes, and Jimmy VC. I look at this line, and I see Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello, and at least in my opinion, I think hockey IQ, offensive hockey IQ, these guys are absolute wizards with the puck. They're, they're very creative. They, they see the ice very well. And then you add a player like Jimmy VC, who I think has a little bit of grit to him, uh, I don't really think he's shown everything that he possibly could show. He, he struggled a little bit in the preseason, uh, played a little bit better. I think this is kind of like a sink or swim time for this kid. Uh, he's been in the league for a couple of years now. Like I said, he's, he's, he's a gritty type player. He's, he's hard on the forecheck, but now it's time to see if he can put it all together. Do you, do you like the makeup of this line? Yeah, that's, well, that's going to help Jimmy Vesey. I, I, he struggled a little bit. I, I I wouldn't say uh, it's not that he doesn't show up and work hard. A lot of it with him, because he's a quiet kid, maybe a little bit sensitive. Uh, it's confidence on so many players. It's just confidence. And it was good to see him set up that one goal. Uh, was it Howden that he yep. set up? Yep, it Howden. Uh, yeah, he set him up on that one goal. You can tell shifts after that. He was on the puck. He was a little more relaxed. He looked a little more confident. So I think with him, with like a lot of players, it's just a matter of just having a confidence. And the fact that they're willing to play him with two good, solid players, that's going to make a difference. Again, you go to look at the middle. Kevin Hayes, another guy that's committed to getting in better shape. So you can see in his footwork for Kevin, because he's a big guy. And he's not a natural good skater. And But if you um, get more strength in your legs – then you'll become a little bit stronger, a little bit quicker. And I'm seeing that. If he can maintain that through the course of the year, I think he's feeling good about himself. He's got great hands. And uh, um, I, I think that, that that line combination with Zuccarello, Zuc is another guy that said that this year he felt like he needed to kick it up a notch as far as his conditioning goes. So that's kind of wait and see. Um, he's uh, Those two guys between... Kevin Hayes and Zook, they're so good at making good decisions when they have the puck. Mm -hmm. that Jimmy Vesey should be able to, if he gets himself in the open space, to get some really good opportunities. So between the three of them, every, every one of them are capable of scoring goals. Two of them are very much playmakers, so Jimmy Vesey might be the go-to guy mm -hmm. to be able to finish. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, 
<laughs> if I was on the Rangers and you told me I had to play in a line with Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello, I'd be pretty pumped about it. But uh, now our third line, uh, Ryan Spooner, Philip Heedle, and Jesper Fast. Uh, Heedle, the, I, I think he was 21st overall. Really, really talented kid. Very, very young. He almost was so young that he would have went in this year's draft. Uh, he's going to be up super creative. He, he kind of has that oh shit factor when he gets the puck. You're just like, oh, God, here we go. Let's see what this kid's going to do. You put Ryan Spooner on the line with him. I think he's pretty creative. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he liked how things ended in Boston. And then you put you put Quickie on there too as as more of like a defensive type forward, probably to help out the rookie centerman just in case you know he may, he's going to make mistakes. So you want somebody there who's super dependable in the defensive zone. What do, what do you have on this line? What do you have on Hedl? Uh I, I like this line too as a third line. I think that's pretty good. It's a nice line, and you got to think about who are they going to play against. Are they going to play? Are they going to be more of a second line playing against the top line? That could be. That might make it a little more difficult. Or are they going to play against another team's third line? It's a great point. In that case, they're going to get looks. They're going to get chances. And Hedl is able to score goals as a big guy. Manages a puck well. Fast, as we know, is a good two-way player. Good in the corners. He makes good decisions with the puck. And uh, Spooner, experienced guy, we saw how he played well when he first came in with the Rangers. He was getting points. So that line can only not only can be a good line to produce points, but I'm assuming they're going to be good defensively because uh, Faust on that line is kind of a leader as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's nice upside to that line depending on who they go up against. Mm-hmm. And they have to be checking a first line, second line on the opposing team, that might be a little more difficult. But if they're going against another team's third line, there's going to be chances to be had. That's a great That's a great point that you just said that because I, I can't imagine Filipino lining up against Sidney Crosby and really that going all that well. So maybe, maybe the second and third line are kind of interchangeable depending on the opponent. Do you think that would be something like that? Because we saw Kevin Hayes last year go up against a lot of first lines and, and play great. Zook's good, on, good defensively, so is Jimmy Vesey. I think maybe those two lines could be interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you get a young centerman, that's where you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. He's he's more of a skill guy. He's a guy that's accustomed to producing points. So, um, and it's it's a lot to ask from a young centerman to be going against a Sidney Crosby. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't want that. Uh, yeah, and uh, and now our fourth line: no. the days of Jed Ortmeier, uh, Jason Ward. And Blair Betts are over. Now, now we have a line of Vladislav Nemesikov, Brett Howden, rookie centerman, and Vinny Latiri. I love the way that kid plays. He's a little rat. He, he's, he plays hard every time to the whistle. And the thing about him, he gets the puck, you know what he's going to do. He's going to put it on that. So as a fourth line, what do you think about this? This is one of the best fourth lines I've seen the Rangers have in a while. Yeah, and I'm not sure if Latiri's going to end last there because he is such a um, gritty guy that works hard, but he, he can score goals. Yeah, and he wants to fire the puck, so someone needs to get him the puck. And because uh, we saw what he could do on the power play, so I'm not sure if he's going to last there. Although he's the type of guy that he's so gritty that he's good on the back check. He'll protect well. He'll 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 defend well in his own end. But but having said, he's also a guy that provides a lot of energy. He's going to create chances, and uh, and so that's why when you say this line's a third line, that's a fourth line. Well, and the other, I mean, a third line could be a second line, could be a top line. Yeah. And uh, and so that's why the game is so different nowadays because before you, you were really able to identify a third and fourth line. 
Now it's harder. And from game to game, your third line can become your first line, depending on how they're playing. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's a nice look. Uh, I'm not sure if they're all going to. Uh, there's the, the two top lines that we have talked about. I can see those lines sticking together. The other two, that could be interchangeable. And uh, and then that center position, um, it's uh, it's a tricky thing with using you know like a young player. You got to make sure that he's uh, not playing off against a player that's over his head. So uh, that only time will tell. And uh, but the coaching staff feels comfortable with their selection that these guys are going to be responsible enough. Uh, more than anything, you got to be good defense first, and then just go up the ice and let your offense produce. And and the one thing that I've seen different with Coach Quinn, he's a, allowing their players when they get. Uh, deep in the offensive zone, he's having their players to be more playing as a pack. The four is a pack of three. Be a little bit tighter together versus two guys in and the third man a little bit higher. He wants his guys to be in good position but still be a pack of three going uh, outnumbering guys like three against two or two against one to come up with the puck and then come up with the play. He's allowing his guys to be a little more aggressive, a little more creative. Yeah, and one thing that I just kind of noticed too, you have Brett Howden and Filipino, both rookie centermen. If you if you look at their wings, Hedo's going to have Spooner and Howden's going to have Nemestikov. Do you think that that they put those two guys because those are both centers as well? Do you think that there was purposely put on the their lines to kind of like help and, and mentor them in a way? Do you think? Yes, and and also just being able to read the play. So if you have your centermen a little bit out of position, then you know how to back him up. Mm -hmm. Like if your centerman's gone into the corner where he shouldn't have, then sometimes you just need to back off. Where if your centerman is uh, even in, uh, in defending, he's a little bit off on defending, and then these wingers who are experienced will know how to support that centerman that might be a little bit off out of position. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, forward-wise, I think you also nailed it when you said that third and fourth line. I don't think it really exists in, on, in this group. Depth-wise, the Rangers, I mean, every single line can kind of uh, can, can put pucks in the net. They're, they're all energy. They're creative. I, I think the forward group of the Rangers is something to look forward to. Um, now we're going to move on to our defensive uh, pairings. The first one that we see is Brady Shea and Adam McQuaid. Uh, the guy I do this podcast with is a huge Bruins guy, and he's always been a big Adam McQuaid guy. And he said a lot of Tory Krug's uh, success comes from the fact that he he learned playing with Adam McQuaid. That was like his biggest thing. And, and when the Bruins traded Adam McQuaid to the Rangers, you went on Twitter and any, any Boston Bruins, whether it was a reporter or analyst, all of them are heartbroken to see a guy like that go. I think that's a huge addition just in the locker room. And the fact that Brady Shea may be able to kind of wheel and deal a little bit now, knowing that he has a stay-at-home defenseman with him, I think will only help Brady Shea grow as a player even more. Uh, what do you have on this pairing between Shea and Adam McQuaid? Yeah, I was surprised that Boston let him go. I mean, he's had his injuries, mm -hmm. and maybe there's stuff that we don't know about him, that he's, he's, he's at a place right now where he can easily get hurt. We don't know that. I'm assuming the Rangers have done their background on him, that he is 100%. But Adam is an awesome guy on the team. Um, he, uh, he competes hard, and he knows how to – he knows the heartbeat of a game. If things are getting uh, – if there are certain players are getting out of line, he knows how to address that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, their players, opposing players, will know that when he's on the ice – 
that there's no going hard against Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. And even if they, they've done it at times where he's sitting on the bench, he's the type of guy that will let them know eventually that it's <laughs> yeah. just not acceptable. So, I mean, Lundqvist is going to be happy with this. The team is going to be happy about it. And for uh, Brady Shea, uh, Brady is going to – I think he's – I don't know how much a difference is going to make for him. Possibly he may be thinking – more be a little more offensive minded, knowing that Adam is more of a stay at home defenseman. He'll he'll kind of want to go up the ice a little bit more. Uh, that remains to be seen, but I think Brady Shea kind of plays hard most of the time, and it's just nice to have a big tough guy on your wing as a wingman, knowing that you one you're protected, and knowing that you can be a little more physical if you want. Mm-hmm. That he's got your back. Because that's one thing we're going to see, and I've seen in training camp, is that anybody who's getting close to Lundqvist, he's getting more of a push and more of a shove. Yep. And it's not just the one guy or two. The, all the guys are coming in. Mm-hmm. And everybody is coming in and grabbing someone. Versus just kind of skating away and just kind of watching. Maybe one guy, two guys. Now it's all five guys. And that makes a difference. Makes a huge difference. I think it just... It being in the game you know what I mean like if you're playing whistle the whistle I get that but if there's scrums after the whistle I'm not saying you have to go and punch somebody in the face but as as a uh I don't know as a team being able to grow actually into a team it, it's good to see all five guys come in and, and help out I think that's kind of like how you bond you know what I mean exactly absolutely you bond what you're doing is you're showing your teammate that you care about him exactly you may be paired up against a guy you don't want to be paired up against but at the end of the day it's um, it's it's just showing the the care. Even the guys on the bench see it, but you're caring about your teammate, and mm-hmm. that goes a long way, big time. Uh, second pairing: uh, Kevin Shattenkirk's coming back after a, a knee injury, and Brendan Smith is coming back after a terrible year last year. I'm a huge Smitty guy. I love how he plays the game with some snarl. When, when he's just making the super simple, easy plays, he's a great defenseman. I kind of compare him to when the Rangers got Kevin Klein a few years ago out of nowhere. Nobody really knew a lot about this guy, but he, he was a tough, uh, I mean, dependable type player. I like this pairing a lot. Uh, what do you have on the Shattenkirk, Brendan Smith pairing? Yeah, with Smith, it's funny you compare him to Kevin Klein because that's the same thing happened. He did the same thing Kevin Klein did. Kevin Klein came in strong playing uh, – um, being good offensively, being tough to play against, uh, having to fight guys. He did that when he came in. And then after that, he was like, what happened to him? Mm-hmm. Right? He got soft. Mm-hmm. And he got, got different. He, he got a little bit weird. <laughs> and uh, the same thing that happened to Smith. He came in awesome in the playoffs, especially against Montreal. Physical guy. Gets a new contract. Shows up the next year in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. And didn't look like he cared. He thought he was just going to get by and be okay. Didn't play well. Next thing you know, he's in the minors, mm-hmm. and then you know he was like out there on his own little island, and then uh, and then he realized, oh my god, what am I doing to myself? So he took the summer to really get back in the shape, and um, and he got training with the rest of the guys, became more part of the team, and then shows up in camp, and uh, now we're seeing what we had seen. So I'm assuming this is um, something that he's going to continue. Uh, but what he has to do is uh, play the game the way the coach wants to play. Get quick on the puck, make that first pass, and then you've done your job. But also, be physical. Mm-hmm. Take guys out. Be hard in the corners. Be hard in front of the net. And occasionally, you may have to fight someone. When you're playing hockey and you're playing hard, and if you don't get in the occasional fight, 
then you're not you're not engaged. Yes, yeah, you're not no, competing. Exactly. Exactly. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You got a little Zuccarello who's putting his glove in guys' fists. He's not looking to fight. He's standing up for himself and he's playing hard. When you play hard, guys are going to push back against you. Mm-hmm. And when you push back against each other, then a little scrum happens. And occasionally you're going to get in a fight. It's just part of the game. When you don't have fights uh, on your uh, on your uh, on your sheet, then something's wrong. And mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. And there should be more fights coming from defensemen because you're protecting the king, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of you're protecting your goaltender. You're protecting your kitchen, your house. And if you're not getting in, you're not getting angry occasionally and getting into a fight. Uh, right there, you're you're playing the wrong sport. Yeah. And I'm not about taking stupid penalties, and I'm not talking wanting to fight all the time, but you occasionally got to get angry. Yeah. And just someone to throw him down. I don't care if you don't have to go toe-to-toe with the guy. Just grab someone, get angry, and do something. Show some passion. Show some emotion. And not only is it good for yourself and for the team, it's good for the fans. Yeah. You're Age fans love it. Mm-hmm. Fans love you. Yeah, and, and you look back, what was it? Was it last year or the year before when Cody Eakin kind of ran Lundquist and nobody really did anything about it? I, I, I couldn't believe that that was happening. I think the next game Chris Kreider fought him. But, like, during that moment, the fact that nobody was engaged enough to go up there and do something about it, it's just kind of one of those head-scratching moments where it was like, is this really a team? Like, what is going on right now? Your, your best player just got ran over. Nobody did anything about it. And now I think – with this new coach and this whole new structure, I think you're right. I think this is going to be a completely different team. This this is going to be an incredibly engaged team. I, I'm not saying they're going to lead the, the league in, in fights and penalty minutes and shit like that, but when something needs to be addressed, I don't think that we have to question that's going to be addressed now. Yeah, trust me. There's going to be a, if you play more physical, there's going to be pushing and shoving. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of man, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to hit. I don't want to be hit. You'll take some, as you should, if it's a clean hit. But there's going to be some chippy stuff, and if you're really engaged, especially if you're down a couple goals and guys get angry and get a little more gritty, grittier, then stuff like that should happen. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. It should not be a soft game. It's not, not only you playing hockey, but you're paid to be entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. You should be entertaining, and uh, you got to have an entertainment value to you. It's a business, mm-hmm. and uh, that's one thing that I emphasize when I coach is that uh, be pleasing to your coach. Be pleasing to the fans. How are you going to do that? Be noticeable. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be noticeable? Be engaged. Yeah. It's not a hard thing to do. You're getting paid plenty of money. <laughs> Go out there. Be engaged. I want to be able to talk about you after the game. Yeah. Or are you going to just blend in? Are you going to just blend in? Or are you going to be some guy we're going to talk about? Are you going to be the guy in the dressing room that all the reporters want to come to? Why? Because you're just noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Yeah. And guys that play the game, especially guys that come up and get a chance to play a game or two, and they kind of just blend in. They didn't do a whole lot. I'm like, I watch it. I'm like, uh, just give me that chance. I'm 60 <laughs> years old. Trust me. You'll know I'm on the ice as a 60-year-old. <laughs> you know? I that part. Some of these guys show up and they just don't know how to be engaging. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Completely agree with you on that. Like, I I think that Gettinger kid may have some some 
chance of making the NHL at some point, but I was watching the preseason. This kid's like six foot five, and he, he was just a spectator. He's just kind of riding around. If you're six foot five and you're in the NHL, I should be able to notice you every single shift. Like, you should be able to do something where I'm like, okay, that was a good player. Okay, Gettinger's out there again. You know what I mean? And it, it's just nice. I don't think that the Rangers are going to have too many spectators on their team this year, so hopefully. Yeah. Uh, next pairing, uh, Mark Stahl and Neil Pionk. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Mark Stahl guy. Not even in the littlest bit. I think Neil Pionk has a, has an opportunity to be a pretty good player. Uh, what do you have on this? Do you think Stahl's going to end up playing the whole year? Do you think at some point they're going to they're going to put him in the uh, press box? Like, what do you, what do you have on this whole thing? Because you're around the team way more than pretty much anybody, so you you would have further insight onto something like this. The thing with Stahl is that he's a very, very likable guy. He's mm-hmm. quiet guy, but he's a very likable guy. He's uh, at his best. He's hard to play against. Where I had issues with him is his decision-making with the puck. When he'd have the puck, um, he'd be, he wouldn't be as relaxed, as confident as he should be in making that correct play. Mm-hmm. And at times where you're being pressed, you've got to make that right play. And other times he would just be like dumping it up the ice, and then it'd be picked off. And so for him, it's just playing hard, staying confident, and making good decisions. That first pass, leaving... Uh, leaving the zone is really important for him. And, and the other thing it was what we just talked about. I'd like to, He's a big guy. I'd like to see him be a little more physical. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we may see a little more of that uh, in front of the net. And uh, so it's, it's all on him. Uh, I think that uh, if he starts to struggle, then uh, he may not see that quality ice time. But of course, he's always good on the penalty kill because he's a big, lengthy guy and he's and he, you know, he's got that long stick, yep. long reach, and he's good at killing penalties. But I want to see him knock guys down mm-hmm. and make a good play when you have the puck in your. And sometimes he has time, and he's just not making that proper play. Yep, I <laughs> totally agree with that. Uh, what do you think of uh, guys like I, Freddie Clayson? I think is going to end up being like the seventh, eighth defenseman. If somebody gets hurt, he'll step up. But I think you may see a battle between ice time between Neil Pionk and Anthony D'Angelo. What do you have on these two players? They're both about the same. Uh, Pionk, I mean, both of them are quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are, uh, they, they make pretty good decisions with the puck. They're both very similar. They like to fire the puck. They both uh, are confident guys. I, uh, I kind of like Pionk over D'Angelo, but D'Angelo had a good training camp, so it's, it's a toss-up on either one of them. Okay. All right. And now uh, we'll just move on to the to the goalies. I mean, no, no, uh, no surprise here. Henrik Lundqvist going to be the man, and then uh, Alex Georgiev won the uh, backup role. What do you think that we can expect a good year out of Hank this year? Um, I, I mean, I'm going to say yes. Um, he's he he uh, he made a commitment to be part of this team with its changes uh, he had an opportunity to leave and possibly go to a maybe another team that's more of a contender that appeared to be more of a contender and no he wanted to stay through so I think his mindset is um, that uh, things aren't going to be the way it used to be maybe four or five years ago where the team was really solid defensively mm-hmm. and he just had to make those basic saves and then there were some struggles a few years ago where defensively the Rangers weren't as good and he was having to make the bigger save. You could see the frustration in him. Yeah. And in 
himself, and then he was just frustrated with his teammates. You can see that, his body language, and uh, kind of pointing the finger at, at certain guys. And that's not a good place to be, not only for himself, but his, for his teammates, because mm-hmm. the guys know it. Mm-hmm. Right? Defensemen know when your goaltender is kind of looking at you, staring you down because you made some mistakes. I think I saw too much of that in the last two years. Yeah. And so it's going to be his mindset going into this, this year that he just needs to just play his game, know that he may have to make that harder save occasionally, and just enjoy it. Just enjoy being a goaltender. Do Be the best that you can, and don't feel like you have to overwork being in the goaltender position. Sometimes he's just trying to work too hard, and there's he's moving around too much. He's trying to make the big save versus just relax, be uh, play big, and make that save. Versus yeah. I, yeah. Constantly feeling like he's got to be the best guy on the ice. Yeah. No, I, just, I, I think you're right because over the last couple of years, there were a ton of times where the Rangers would get scored on and he would kind of freak out. And half of me was like, well, he's allowed to because he's Henrik Lundqvist and he's the most engaged player on this team. And, I mean, he hates losing, and I love that. But then the other half, I think you nailed it. If, if you're calling out your teammates on the ice – whether it's you're looking at somebody if they fuck up or or you go to the bench and you, and you start screaming at the bench and stuff like that, I don't think it really plays that well for the people on the team because then they're second-guessing themselves. All the confidence that they might have had is not there anymore. I think Hank just kind of needs to chill out a little bit this year. Understand that you know they may not have the best team, but he is a leader on the team. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't get a certain privilege to be able to do that. You that's the one thing that uh, I've been part of teams, and, and uh, any guy that was kind of be pointing a finger at anybody else, he wouldn't last very long. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Well, first of all, someone would call him out, and uh, and second of all, it was the coaches which just wouldn't accept it. Now, that's the thing with I. I didn't care for the coaching staff allowed him to just be calling out players. Yeah, and asked, uh, I would have stepped in pretty quick on that. <laughs> if I was a coach, that I wouldn't allow any of that. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think that um, we'll see uh, what it looks like this year. But, yeah, there's he's, he should be in his prime. 36 years old to me, if you're not hurt and if you're really taking care of yourself, I, I think this could be his prime years, the next two years, um, as long as the team in front of him gives him enough protection and uh, allows them to make that first save and they start winning and they start they hang around the 500 mark. Um, I think that uh, he'll be just fine. If not, he's going to be challenged. Georgiev is a good goaltender. Yeah. And if he struggles a little bit, Georgiev starts to play and starts to win, you know, uh, he could lose that position. So it's all on him. But the thing is, he needs to go and have fun. Yeah. Go and have If you get a goal scored against you, hey, it is what it is. If you got two, just relax and go have fun. Just be, like, how often do you see him pat a defenseman on the butt? Yeah. Pat the guys on the butt. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily see a whole lot of it. I want him to be more relaxed and more happy and just go out and have a good time. Yeah, I think that would probably be the best for everybody. Uh, my, my last question for you, is there any chance this team makes the playoffs this year? I, I, I want to say yes. I would have said no two months ago. Mm-hmm. I would have said no. They're, they're going to be okay because I, I saw some good stuff at the end of last year when the team was depleted. 
I saw some some good stuff out of younger players, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what, they're not going to be as bad as you think. And then you think, okay, long run through a course of the season, are they going to be good enough to make the playoffs? You know, thinking, no, they're gonna probably going to fall short because it's hard to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, after seeing what I've seen in the play in the uh, exhibition game, and I'm seeing this coach, I got to tell you, if they hang around until January, where they look like they're like maybe six points out, and then they make. You know, the team decides to make uh, a trade and maybe get a player that help them. I'm not going to say no. I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm not going to say that they don't make the players. Because when you look at last year, when you look at their rivals, New Jersey Devils, who would have thought they would have made the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and their technique and their coaching style is almost similar. They're a bunch of guys that just went out, played hard at a fast pace, relentless. They got some goaltending, and they made the playoffs. Yeah. I can see if the Rangers stay healthy with this lineup, with the lineup that they have today, if that lineup stays healthy, there's I wouldn't rule out them making the playoffs. And you know, if they're close, you know, they decide to make a, a trade going into the uh, last month or so, I can see them making the playoffs. I'm not going to rule it out as I did a month ago. Yeah. Now that I've seen yeah. Training camp, I think they're going to be better than most people think they're going to be. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I, and as a Rangers fan, I mean, this is one of the most exciting or excited I've been watching these. We're going to have kids up there. we got a new coach. They're going to be more engaged. And, and it's one of those things where if they don't make the playoffs, okay, well, we get a decently high draft pick. But if we do end up making the playoffs, I mean, this coach is clearly doing something right. So I think regardless of the situation, I feel like it's not must win. And, it, and it's kind of like – you can take a deep breath now and, and there's not as much pressure on the Rangers to, you know, to be like a perennial Eastern conference powerhouse. It's not really like that anymore. And for the first time I've, I'm really excited about this year just to see what, you know, is going to happen. Yeah. What's going to be important. I believe these coaches understand that the first 10 games can make or break you making the playoffs. That's how important it is. So they're going to be fully engaged in pushing this team hard game one to game 10 they have to come out of it 500 yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, you want the points. But two, with a young team, you don't want to be falling behind. You don't want to be 2-8 and eight mm-hmm. because it, then it becomes the pressure and the confidence. You don't want to be 2-8 and eight with a young team. You want to be 500 going. Worst case, you want to be at 500 first 10 games, build some confidence up, have the fans behind you, have the fans thinking, you know what? We may not be as bad as we think we are, and then get yourself at a good place come January. Because if you're a fan, you want to think that your team can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they're out of it by December, you're like, oh my, they're not going to make the playoffs. Then that's no fun, right? Exactly. It takes it some of the life out of it. Right? And, and especially because if you if you end up going two and eight at the beginning with a young team, I would imagine some of those players are probably going to be questioning what's really going on there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you want those young players. You want everybody kind of buying into a process. And if that process leads you to 2-8, and eight, you're kind of like, well, now what do we do? But if you're 500 and you're playing hard and you're playing well, I don't think those questions come, and I think you really start bonding more as a group. Yeah, well, you can be 2-8, and eight, but having lost a few games just by a goal game or lost games in, in games where you possibly could have won mm-hmm. – I think we're going to see a lot what we saw in training camp. These games are going to be close, and uh, it, it could go on a good bounce or a bad bounce. You could go in overtime and maybe lose. I, can, I think we're going to see a lot what we saw in training camp. And, uh, again, 
there's good bounces and bad bounces. We want them to play hard and get some good bounces and get to 500 within those first 10 games. And then I believe that it can grow from there. Because you get some of those young guys scoring some goals early on, and you get your your impact players like Kreider scoring, Zook scoring, uh, Hayes scoring early, and you're getting a little bit of nice goaltending from Lundqvist. Um, those first ten games make a difference because it's it's going to it's going to be building some character among these new players and bonding and all of that good stuff. It happens. It can happen early. So that I I fully believe that these coaches are going to be coaching these first 10 games like it's the last 10 games of the season. Awesome. And it's going to be pressure, pressure on the guys to play well, play hard. Not bad pressure, but just getting the players to buy into, listen, we can make or break this season by these first 10 games. And he's this coach is going to go hard. And that's why we saw what we saw in the, in the exhibition. He understands that right in the exhibition series. He's like, he's trying to build momentum out of the exhibition series to carry into game one. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I think there's a lot of positive things. I think management has done a good job, and uh, I look forward to this season. I want to be part of it. I'm going to be up and close because I'm going to be there. I'll be at the games. I won't be doing television, which is – I'm going to miss that in a big way. But uh, that, it is what it is. Well, you want to know what, Ron? You're part of the Rangers family. We, we all respect your opinion. We, we like the fact that, like, you care. There's a lot of people that are on TV where you're like, oh, you don't really know if that guy cares all that much. But, but we know that the passion for the game and for the Rangers is something that you have. And, I mean, thanks. Thanks for everything that you've done over the last 12 years. I really appreciate it. I just have one final question. I saw a YouTube clip of you in a 1979 jeans commercial called Sassoon's. Yeah, ooh la la, Sasson. Sasson, do you do you still do you still own a pair of those bad boys or what? Yeah, no, I can probably get into them because I'm still. <laughs> is still, I I was a 34 waist then. Now I'm like a 35 ish, mm-hmm. maybe 36, but I'm like 30. But I can probably still get into those, and I, <laughs> I break right in staying in shape where I can wear those jeans. So uh, the other thing before I before I leave here, I just want to make a mention to the Ranger fans. I'm going to be there next Thursday. I'm going to be uh, signing autograph greeting fans around 3.30. I start at 3.30 to 4.30. Mm-hmm. So I know there's uh, some fans are talking about wearing their jersey, their Dugay jersey. Uh, please come and see me if you can, 3.30 to 4.30. I will autograph, take a picture with you. And then I think I come back at 6 to 7. I'll be back a second time meeting and greeting fans as they walk in. And if you have your jersey, Rain Duguay jersey, or anything you want, I'll take a picture with you. But if you have your Duguay jersey, uh, be glad to autograph and take a picture with you. Hell yeah. Well, they, hey, Ron, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. This is huge for me as, as a Rangers fan. And, I mean, I've looked up to your work for the last 12 years. So thank you for coming on. Uh, and, guys, if you're heading over to the Garden on Thursday, 3.30 to 4, check out Ron. He's going to be signing shit. Yeah, 3.30 to 4.30. 3.30, Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it, man. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out that room.
Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere, yeah they love me everywhere, I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway, pulled me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street, catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry, cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas, me I'm out that bed stop, home of that boy Biggie, now I I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me Say what up to Tata, still sipping my ties Sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five Nigga, I be spiked out, I could trip a referee Tell by my attitude that I most definitely leave from no.